are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? On the last episode of Fan Hole Z, Shane Claw and Airhammer fused into Man Bear Pig to combat the malevolent menace of Majin Mike. But oh no! Majin Mike revealed his eighth and final form and proceeded to lay the smackdown on Man Bear Pig. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. Man Bear Pig was well on his way to the next dimension, but in the bottom of the ninth, Derek finally arrived from his training on Planet Double Down. This fight just went into overtime. Will Derek be able to slam dunk Majin Mike? Or will Majin Mike perform a hat trick and score a hole in one? Find out on today's exciting episode of Fan Holes Z. Hey guys, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, and you are listening to the Fan Holes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? We're going to be talking some fun stuff for you tonight, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of our podcast show, why don't we go around and introduce who is all on board for this Dragon Ball Extravaganza podcast tonight. So go ahead and give a shout-out, guys. Hey, it's Mike. Give me something good to eat or I'll blow up your planet. <laughs> this is Yawn Airhammer. Hey, guys, this is Tony, and ooh, exit stage right. Evans to Murgatroyd, we are discussing some Dragon Ball Z tonight, but specifically what we all have gotten together here to discuss is a brand new Dragon Ball show, which is called Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super is Bandai to and if you don't know what Dragon Ball Super is, well, we're here to tell you. Because basically, this is an all-new Dragon Ball series, and it kind of takes place, like, basically, it's it's at the tail end, or after the, the Majin Buu saga, like, after the big Majin Buu fight. But you know how there's that, like, gap before Goku, like, runs away from his family forever and is a deadbeat dad? Like, so, so like, basically, before... Basically, this is this is pretty oob, but post Majin Buu. 
basically, is where this takes place. And it takes place in between that, I suppose. Or or maybe even it probably has the authority to, like, negate that, like, final Ubark. I don't know, but... Well, there there is a there is a gap of, like, ten years between the defeat of Majin Buu right. and, like, that tournament that Ub shows up in. Right, right. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, you know... And then, and then, you know, that's the other thing that I find interesting, too, is because I think a lot of people have heralded this as, like, oh, goodbye to stupid GT forever, you know, like, because everybody, you know, is such big fans of, of Dragon Ball GT. But when you stop and think about it, if it takes place between the 10-year gap, then conceivably, once the series ends, they could do the little oob arc, and then they could go ahead and do GT if they really wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, it could still sort of work, right? Within canon, sort of, maybe? I don't know. No. No? Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I mean, unless unless willing. unless the, unless Pan never like exists, like if they don't like do anything differently with Pan, or if her name's not like you know Susie or something instead, you know. <laughs> so. I guess if they're willing to go back on like Super Saiyan God or whatever and be like, no, we can't do that anymore. We we turn into monkey chest golden monkey things now. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like, you know, Klingons and stuff. They just don't talk about being a Super Saiyan Goto. Anymore. We do not talk about it. We do not talk about being Super Saiyan Gotos. <laughs> um, <laughs> Super Saiyan cats? What? Exactly, exactly. So, so, basically, this initial arc of what is known as Dragon Ball Super is chronicling... I guess it's chronicling the movie that we already saw, which I, I don't know, it's to my chagrin. I guess I'll ask the other panels what they think about it. But I, I guess, you know, just going by the titles of the saga, this initial saga is called the Battle of the Gods saga. And to this point in time, we have seen four, at least I have, I don't know, maybe you guys have seen more, but I have seen four fan sub episodes of Dragon Ball Super. Is that what you guys have seen? or I've seen the first yeah. three. Okay, first three. Okay, so I've seen I've seen four of them. Anybody else? Yeah, I've watched the first four. Okay, okay. All right, so I'm just I'm just gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd! You haven't seen any of the episodes. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay, Tony. Tony's oh my. here. Oh my. Tony's here for moral support, but that's all right, dude. You honestly, like, seriously, Tony? Like, I I don't want to like you know sort of spoil my take on it, but I, I don't think you... Have you seen Battle of the Gods? Have you seen the Battle of the Gods movie? The one with Bills and everything? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, yeah. I've so, seen so you, you, you cat should... Demon guy, you, yeah. Conceivably, as we discuss this, you'll sit there and go, oh, I remember that, like, two minutes in the movie. It's just they maxed it out to, like, a 25-minute fucking cartoon is all. You know, like, I don't, that's, hey, that's you know, how I... Before we started the show, I said... I said before the show, there's going to be points where I'm going to be like, I remember that. Yes, and and there will be, there will be. I think there should be. Like the the first episode is basically titled, "Who will the 100 million Zenny Peace Reward go to?" And then in the back, you know, it's like da 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 Um, and and like I, I mean, I you know, it's it, I I don't know how to discuss this other than just saying like like these episodes are probably really cool to people who are big, huge fans of Dragon Ball, and they like seeing all the 
the details and minutia because it, it seems like it's it's a very stretched out version of that film. Like the the first episode basically starts out with like Goku, and it's after it, it kind of like really fills in all the details from the end of the Majin Buu saga. So it's like you know Satan is viewed as this big hero. He's got the fat boo with him at his side and everything. And then Goku is trying to earn money to support the family. So I, I, I don't know. He's off trying to be like some kind of farmer or something stupid. But of course, like it looks more like he's destroying the soil than actually like doing anything good with it. And like, basically like, you know, in the meantime, you've got like all these subplots where, you know, we're introduced to the fact that, you know, Gohan is still with Videl and they're together, and they've been married, and I guess Goten and Trunks are looking for some kind of wedding present for Videl and everything, and I mean, if, you, if you've if you listened to the show where we discussed Battle of the Gods, I mentioned that my favorite part was just seeing Goten and Trunks kind of do their wacky little kid hijinks, and I, I don't think that's any different for me, I mean, as far as, like, the, the episodes we've seen goes, like, I, I kind of get a kick out of them just being little kids and they, they, they're kind of foolish. Like they don't understand, like, you know, they're trying to go and get a present for Videl. And so they go to the city and, you know, they're thinking like, oh, well, maybe we could get her some kind of jewelry or we could get her, you know, whatever girls like. And, you know, basically all this kind of hijinks happens where they, they kind of stumble upon this guy who says, you don't want this beauty cream. Like you want this super awesome beauty cream. That's like in the hot springs of wherever Mabob. And, and they're like, really? Like we, we want that. And it's like, yes, you do. And, and they're just kind of like, okay, like we'll, we'll get it. And then they fly off. And of course, you know, when little kids start flying away, of course, everybody like does anime flops and like freaks out and, you know, it's funny. Like, and, and then they literally go to this, like, uh, you know, some kind of hot spring where, you know, the irony of it all is they beat up this giant snake or something and get the the rarest of the rare in this hot spring. And it turns out all they've done is brought her water. <laughs> like, and of course, Videl's like <laughs> nice enough to be like, thank you so much for this awesome present. And of course, they giggle and feel happy about themselves and everything. But, you know, Videl's no fool. Like, she knows what really happened, but she also appreciates the great lengths that they went to to give her a gift, you know? So, like, I, I thought that was sweet, but, I mean, that was that was she's kind of like, my, you know, take on the first episode. She's like, she knows, she's like, these kids are dumb as posts, so I just better play <laughs> along. But. I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm I, sure. I, I, it, I will say it's like, like it's, it's amazing, it's amazing what happens when, like, you're, give it a chance to be a kid and not kidnapped by a green Namekian and dropped in the middle of the, like, desert to, like, fight for yourself for, like, months. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you were right, though. It, it was sweet. No, no, it, it, I mean, it, it's a nice moment and everything. I mean, I, but, but I mean, like, what, and then, and then I guess ultimately, like, Satan's kind of feeling, I guess, a little guilty that, you know, he isn't the one who actually saved the world and it was actually, you know, Goku, thanks to all his various... Uh, fans in Japan writing into Akira Toriyama to have Goku like win the day at the end of the manga or whatever. And so, so I guess like, you know, it's like, okay, Goku won 
the the Majin Buu saga dropping the big old spirit bomb on, you know, Kid Buu or whatever. So it's like, okay, so, you know, even though the world thinks that, you know, Mr. Satan was the one who, who stopped Majin Buu, and I guess they award him this hundred million zenny peace prize or whatever. And so he ends up... Oh, by the way, guys, just just to let you know, um, I know this pretty widespread, like, 95% of America knows this, but if you're that 5% listening who doesn't know who Mr. Satan is, in America, he's Hercule, just to let you know. Right, right, Hercule. So, so, um, but Mr. Satan's like, um, uh, I don't know, he rolls up in his limo with some cute little girl or whatever, and they, they basically stop Goku and Goten from pretty much ravaging this soiled farmland or whatever they're doing. Like it, clearly they're not really helping whatever they're, they're actually doing, even though they're supposed to be employed and stuff. And then, um, he gives him the, the prize money. And so I guess that pretty much, you know, gets him off the hook with Chi Chi and he can do what he actually wants to do, which is go to King Kai's planet and keep training and keep getting stronger. But I mean, that's basically the 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 long and short of the first episode. I mean, do you guys have any like specific thoughts on that? Do you want to keep talking about the other episodes? Or I, I think I mean, it sounds interesting. Like, um, I like I said, I saw the the War of the Gods or Battle of the Gods, and like, yeah, there there wasn't a lot of moments with you know. I think I think that's one of the things we talked about when we were talking about Battle of the Gods is while it was nice to see all the characters back, we didn't have a lot of those nice little moments. So like that, that whole thing with Trunks and Gotenks, that sounds, that sounds kind of cool. I like that. I liked, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I think like I felt kind of nostalgic watching it. And like you said, like, yeah, like all those mo- moments with Goten and Trunks were, you know, kind of like heartwarming almost and like sweet, you know, maybe, maybe I was a little restless. Like I was like, okay, well they fight a giant snake. There's like no other action episodes. So. Oh, no, that's fair. There's not. I mean, for for something that rose to popularity, especially in the states, due to its you know superb, like you know, drawn out action battles and everything. There's not a lot of that in this either. So that I mean, that's true. I did laugh at uh, how quickly, like, Chi-Chi, like, flip-flops, like, as soon as, like, she gets, like, the money from Mr. Satan, she, like, she's like, okay, Goku, you can go off and do whatever you want now, like, we've got money. <laughs> what, what about you, Jan, since, like, you're, like, a huge DBZ fan, like, how is this for, like, the first episode of a new series, since we haven't had a new DBZ series in, God, 20 years, something like that? Well, you know, like, it, it's supposed to be peaceful again, so I understand why it's rather calming and you're not supposed to get a lot of action, but uh, yeah, the scenes with Trunks and Goten were fun, and uh, it's just continuing to build up into Battle of the Gods, so that's what we're working up to. Cool. What'd you guys think of the the new opening? Because, like, that's (laughs) obviously not, that's not, like, you know, the traditional head chala, it's not the, you know, dragon, dragon, rock the dragon, like, you know, I guess, you know, everybody's probably got a certain image in their mind when they think of a Dragon Ball Z opening, you know, maybe it's a, you know, step into the grant or uh, heaven forbid, but you know, like whatever your image of a a Dragon Ball Z song or opening is like, 
were, were there any impressions of that? You know, this is a brand new kind of opening. So, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, the four episodes, so I, I, it's a little catchy. I mean, I, I sit there thinking to myself, yeah. like, you know, like how you kind of hum a song or whatever. So I could, I could see it getting stuck in people's heads. But what, what did you guys think of it? I don't know if this is common for anime, but for some reason my mind just went completely dirty whenever I see at the very beginning of the intro Goku pulling up that string of turnips because, I don't know, I think you know where I'm going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I I haven't even seen it, but that made me laugh. I don't know why. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, we'll I like the opening. String of turnips. I like the new opening. I was, I was like, yeah, like you said, Derek. I was kind of like singing, like you know. I guess it was a, it was a different kind of song than usual. It seemed like, but not as charming, I guess. Maybe I guess that's the way to describe it. But more uh, modernized. I don't know. But I, yeah, I was singing it in the shower. So yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's, yeah. a good, <laughs> good intro. Well, yeah, and then and then of course uh, I, I I don't I, I don't have a whole lot of notes per episode to episode, but I've got some discussion beats. But the the second episode is actually titled "Onward to the Promised Resort." Vegeta goes on a family trip. And like it's based on the premise of uh, a scene from the you know original series where Trunks actually gets one hit in on Vegeta in a training session, and he, he makes him this promise that he would take him to uh, an amusement park if that were to happen. And so this actually is a little bit more than that, but but it's the idea of they're, they're on vacation with Vegeta. So basically it's like, it's like Vegeta goes to Disneyland. I mean, I mean it's it, it's just an amusing premise in and of itself. It's like sending Wolverine to like Disneyland, you know, basically, you know, and it's like you're just waiting for him to like crack up and like murder like, you know, a bunch of bystanders and stuff cuz they pissed him off or something, you know, cuz it's like he's he's there and obviously he's not into it, you know, he's got his his shoulders folded, you know, his arms folded the whole time, you know, and he's kind <laughs> of at everything that happens and, and, you know, but I mean, obviously like Bulma and Trunks are having a good time. So he's sort of, he's kind of putting up with it and he seems to enjoy the, the moments where they have, they have a lot of food and everything. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Vegeta being in that scenario is pretty much the, the comedy bits of that. You know, he's the, he's the straight man to all this wacky hijinks and, of course, when they sit him down to eat a bunch of food, it's like he finally gets a little happy, and they're just eating a whole ton of stuff until they bring him, like, some kind of squid. And basically, I'm kind of like, oh, they must have not cooked that squid or cut out the ink glands or whatever, because eventually it squirts a bunch of ink on him, and he's about to, like, blow up the whole fucking restaurant until they just kind of calm him down and take him outside. And then I guess the the, the final straw he has is when they... They're, they're, I don't know, it's some kind of like what, like a reggae concert or something? I don't know what it was. But it's like they're, they're sitting there having some kind of concert or whatever. And then, you know, by, by the middle of it, it's kind of like, come on, old man, why don't you dance? You know, it's like, oh, gee, son, oh, gee, son, you know. And eventually, like, everybody's chanting, like, oh, gee, son, to, to Vegeta to get him to dance. And of course, Vegeta's not going to dance. He's going to 
just sit there with his arms folded and, you know, scorn everybody. And eventually he kind of loses it because all these people keep bumping into him and chanting OG song and stuff. And he does his, you know, his, his aura, you know, blast. And it basically knocks everybody, you know, and creates a large circular <laughs> gap between him and the entire crowd. They're listening to this weird concert or whatever. And of course he flies off to everybody's like amazement. And then of course it's like Trunks kind of like, thanks for the day, dad. Like you were awesome. Like, and and they're kind of like, yeah, we're surprised <laughs> he didn't like bail out and try to kill everybody much sooner than this. You know, like I, re- I really liked that moment where Bulma's in Trunks are like completely happy with it. They're just kind of like you know this is really good for him. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he, he <laughs> this is this is progress for Vegeta. Like, that he he hasn't murdered everybody in in uh, in Toyo, Toyorama Disneyland or whatever. You know, like I, I think this is kind of interesting. Like from the first two episodes you described, like I said, I have not seen them, but like it, uh, I think one of the things that a lot of people like about Dragon Ball is the characters, obviously. And it's kind of funny, though, because in the series, especially the the dub version we got, nine times out of ten, you didn't really have a lot of these character building moments. You you had, like, you had character building, but it was more ominous, you know? It was like, you know, I'm Trunks, I'm from the future, you know, the cell destroyed my world, I'm here, you know, that kind of stuff. You didn't have a whole lot of, like, you know, stuff like this, <clears throat> and... I remember one of my favorite things in the old Dragon Ball series, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, was the episode where Vegeta had the pink shirt on that said Bad Man on it. And I was just like, that kind of stuff makes me laugh. So this sounds like it's more of that stuff. I think I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, just to, to bring up that point, I think this was an entire episode of Pink Shirt, Bad Man. You know, like, that, that, that if, if they could make a whole series out of it, like, this is the pilot for Pink Shirt, Bad Man, you know, basically. It's like the adventures of Pinkshirt Badman and his family that bring him into like annoying situations and stuff. <laughs> where where does this rank for you, Mike, on the the driver's license episode? Like, is this is this as good? Is this a little lower than that? Is it is it more awesome than that because it's Vegeta? Like, what do you what do you think? Not as good, but I mean, I had a fun time watching it. Okay, I liked that. They managed to throw in some, like, you know, I guess kind of reignite Vegeta's, like, fire, or, like, because he was kind of like, you know, I, he was thinking about Goku, like, the entire time. He's like, I'm sure that guy isn't, like, doing stupid stuff like this right now. Well, thankfully he got that 100 million Zenny prize, otherwise he'd be wrecking more farmland for farmers or whatever. <laughs> What, what about you, Jan? Like, do you have any takes or anything on that, the, the Vegeta Goes to Disneyland episode? Oh, well, my favorite scene is when they go to the restaurant. I don't know. Anything to do with Saiyans and eating food is just hilarious on that show. And uh, when Vegeta got inked by the squid was just, yeah, the topping on it. Yeah, it always seems like, like I think when, when they have those scenes, it makes me hungry. You know, because they, 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 they have such enjoyment in when they're devouring the food, and they devour it so fast. And, they, you know, of course, because it's, it's animated, and it's, you know, they can always make the food look the best. You know, it's, like, it's not like they have to cook the food to make it look good. They just have to draw it to look nice, you know. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm always kind of like, man, whatever that, you know, sometimes I don't even know what it is sometimes. But I'm like, whatever that is, it looks, it looks tasty. looks good. So... 
I was just kind of like, it's a good thing Bulma's like rich. That's she true was like, too. Another yeah. entree for my husband and my son, you know. Yeah, it was like another. Why, she's like another ten entrees or something. Yeah. It was like that's why they had to have Wally West win the lottery because then they introduced that plot where it's like, oh, the Flash only runs as fast as the last meal that he's eaten. You know, food costs money. <laughs> um, speaking of food, and we didn't really mention this, and when we talked about the first episode, uh, can we talk a little bit? quickly about Lord Bills and Weiss. Lord Bills! Or yes. Barris or whatever should, you want to no, call No, we it. should talk about Bills. We, we, it's, it's, I Everybody mean, loves Lord Grumpy Cat, come on. He's the, well, I mean, he's the, the penultimate title character of, of the saga, right? He is the god in the Battle of the Gods, right? He's one of the gods, so. I guess so, yeah. Like the, the the opening seems to show that there's going to be another sort of similar looking god to Bills eventually. But um I don't know. I find it hard to relate like the way they play him off is sort of a comedic character. But then when you think about it, he's like destroying entire planets and stuff. Like in your I was kinda like it felt kinda like dis a disconnect to me where like he's like you know oh I destroyed the wrong half of the planet oops like and I was like you just killed like millions of people and I'm I'm sure the way you know even even if it is comics and Dragon Ball physics and all that other stuff I'm sure the people on the half that isn't quote unquote destroyed are still going to feel the ramifications of him blowing up half of the planet like yeah you know like it's not like they're fine. You know, it's like, oh, no, it's cool. It's like, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just that other half of the planet that got fucked, you know, not us. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I'm sure they're, you know, tidal waves and things are wrapped. I don't know. I just, I just, I kind of felt odd about it. Like, yeah, I, you know, he, well, he seems to be I mean, like, like played almost like lighthearted almost, but I don't know. That does seem to happen a lot in Dragon Ball, though, because, like, I mean, look at Cell. There was plenty of times where, like, you know, especially if someone got a drop on him, you know, he was like, oh, what? You know, and, you know, you also had, uh, you, you had Majin Buu, like, Fat Buu. And Fat Buu was pretty destructive, not nearly as bad as a lot of the bad guys, because they did play with the Innocence a lot. But he still hurt a lot of people. So well, I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, he turned a lot of people to chocolate, and he fucking ate them. And they're dead, well, I guess... pretty much, right? Like, so... I guess it's because since we've already seen Battle of the Gods, we know that, like, Bills and Whis, if not, like, will be friends with Goku, at least will be, like, sort of allies and stuff. So, I don't know, it seems, like, odd to me, but I don't know. Maybe it's just having that knowledge, like... Well, but, I mean, that's always been a staple of of Dragon Ball, I suppose, that, you know, it's like, what, it's not like Vegeta hasn't murdered whole planets wholesale the same way, right? I mean... Yeah. Um, but yet yeah, he's here being a family guy, like not murdering people at Disneyland. So that's gross. You know, so it's like, well, you know, I guess w- you, you're basically seeing Bills at the uh, the anime color edition Tamashi figure arts stage of, of his career. Right. So, I mean, that's... I, guess, well, I don't know. I guess it's the, the, the difference is like Vegeta was not initially like played for laughs, basically. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because like, even Cell, even though he did have comedic moments, it was more of a dark comedy. It wasn't like, you know, like, I'm going to eat you because I'm hungry. Yum, yum, yum. You know, it wasn't like that, you know? 
what was your what was yeah, your I, I, I see what you're saying yeah. like what did you did you think there was too much comedy to <clears throat> Lord Bill's like were you threatened by him did you did you think they kind of made light of the fact that he blew up a planet like what was your kind of initial reaction to Lord Bill's and Weiss? Like, I'm still trying to understand the character. Um, it, it's kind of like he's a stuck-up kid that when he doesn't get what he wants, he just blows it up. And if he's bored of you, he blows you up. Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be his, his M.O. I mean, I guess in some of the later episodes, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, I suppose. But, you know, King Kai kind of describes him as a, a god of destruction. And then later, they they I, I think he... Like, he has a conversation with Goku when he finally, like, sort of spills the beans, even though they're trying to keep, basically, they're trying to keep it a secret from Goku. They don't want Bills to figure out about Goku, and they don't want Goku to figure out about Bills, because they're like, oh, these two get together in a room, they're bound to start a fight, you know? So, like, let's keep these guys away from one another. Like, we don't need to to rock the boat of the, the universe that we live in any more than it's already been rocked. So that's kind of where those guys are coming from. But I think Goku says to him something about, well, is he a bad guy? And, and King Kai says, no, he's just a God. Like it, it, to me, it sounded like the way the dialogue went, you know, depending on how well it was translated was it, it sounded to me like he was Galactus. Like, he's just a force of nature. Like, you don't judge Galactus. Like, to Galactus, the, the planets that he eats, the people that live on them, they're all just ants. And I think to Bills, it's the same thing. He doesn't think he murdered a planet full of people. He's like, ants, make me some really good lollipops and a nice dish of ice cream sundae. Eh, that ice cream sundae wasn't that great. I think I'll blow up half your planet. Like, and it is played for laughs, and I, I get that you feel uneasy, but I think that's the, I, it sounds like that character is fulfilling his, his purpose. Like, I mean, if, if destruction on a mass level is always played, I don't know, I, I it's an interesting discussion. Like, I mean, if, if, if it's played seriously, then, you know, you see little babies crying on the planet and everything's screwed up and everything. But then it's like, if you do that, then there's probably no way you could... I mean, I don't know. It might be it might be a much more harder arc or journey to have him eventually befriend our our group of heroes. But, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of... Do you think it also kind of hurt it? Do you think it kind of hurt the... Uh... The idea because we have seen Bills do that do that fucking Vegeta moment and do that uh, boo like fat boo moment where he already turns like more of a uh, an ally instead of an adversary and now we're kind of having to do the Phantom Menace thing where we're like we're going to show you when he was bad you know when he got bad so it's kind of hard to like you know it's hard to like balance it to where you don't want to go too far but you have to like also. Also, you have to go too far to show that, like, he's a, you know, he's a badass, you think, and might be some of the problem? Well, yeah, I mean, they have to show he's a threat, obviously, but I don't know, just the way, like, it's like, you know, it, his committing genocide and blowing up planets just kind of seems like his, like, antics, or capering, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bill are always capering. 
coming yes. to Murgatroyd. This this food is terrible. I will blow up half your planet. Uh, <laughs> Exit build stage left. <laughs> and all you have to do is play a game of paper, rock, scissors. If you win, I'll leave your Earth intact. But of course, if I win... I'll turn your earth to dust. He's kidding, right? Yes, it's a universal game. Yeah, I mean, the the for me, like there. I mean, I'll, I'll just bring up some points from episode three, which is titled "Where Does the Dream Continue?" The search for Super Saiyan Goto, and like that seems to be another one of his mo's. He has like these weird dreams, and like he's talking to the the prophecy fish, you know, and this fucking fish can't remember shit, and he can't remember shit. And they have all these dreams, and it's like, wait, I think there's supposed to be this really cool guy I'm supposed to get into a fight with, and his name is, uh, 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 you know, and they're trying to come up with what it is, and then he threatens the fish, you know, with, like, cutting off, like, his food supply. You know, it's like, oh, I feed him three times a day. It's like, well, maybe we should feed him two times a day. And the fish is like, oh, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, that's a smaller level. Uh, of what you're talking about like it's not genocide of a planet but at the same time it's kind of like withholding food to get somebody to do what you want them to do is not the action of a loving owner to this fish that the prophecy fish or whatever the fuck his name is, you know, like, like, I mean, it's kind of like, it'd be like, yeah, you guys like, let's all, let's all do a podcast. And and you're like, well, Derek, uh, uh, we're just not gonna like feed you until you come on and do the show. And it's like, what? Like, you know, like, like, it's like, that's not the nicest thing to do to somebody. And it's like, okay, well, he, he, he seems like obviously like concerned only with himself. You know, and that's I, that's part of that Galactus God level. You know, everybody else is an ant type kind of mentality. You know that that I mean, he, he even does it like like Wills is like his Alfred. I mean, he's he's at his beck and call. He does everything that that Bills asks him to do, and he does it. I would say exceptionally well. But even then, like Bills is kind of like man, why is this taking so long? And he stops flying him, and he's like, you do know I'm the fastest motherfucking guy in the galaxy, right? Like, nobody else could take you there as fast as I can. He's like, oh, I I didn't know that. Like, it's almost his version of an apology. Like, that's the closest he comes to, like, being a kind of, like, semi-human being type character. But I, I don't know. It reminds me of people I've hung out with before, you know, and had relationships with and stuff where it's like it's 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 like, you know, Lord Bills is like this little Lord Fauntleroy type. You know, it's like kind of like, oh, well, he he he's always gotten his way because it, it doesn't seem like any planet he's gone to. And, and maybe this would speak to why maybe some people might not be bothered by the wholesale destruction of the planet is everybody without offending any particular nationality that we know of, everybody on the planet he goes to bends over and surrenders basically like they don't stand up to him. They don't fight him. Like those guys just make him some meals and hope they like the meal. You know, like, like, it's not like, I don't know, like, in some of the other sequences, there are guys that actually try to, like, you know, fight him and lose horribly. But it's kind of like you respect those guys a little more than you do the guys that try to bust out, like, 
you know, the lean cuisine for Lord Bills and hope <laughs> that he likes it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I get you. Well, no, I, you, yeah, that's, that's a good, like, summary of it, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's funny for me, like, I don't, I, I'm kind of surprised because I don't, I don't mean to be the defender of this. Like, to me, like, a lot of this is like, you know, as Tony's mentioning, he's slowly seeing, like, familiar things. And, and Jan has mentioned, like, oh, this is leading to, sort of the battle of the gods scenario and stuff. And it's like, I, I mean, to me, it's like, if you like going through this, like, and, and focusing on all the details and minutia, like, that's great. But, like, for me, it seems kind of like this really long-winded retelling of something I already know the punchline to. You know, like, where it's like, I know where it's going. I know we're going to go to Bulma's birthday party. I know Lord Bills is going to show up there. I know he's going to get into a fight with Goku and Goku's going to lose that fight and then he's going to go to Earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I've seen the fucking movie, you know, like, so it's like, this is just, like, you know, and, and when we're on episode three, like the, the, the stuff that interested me was when, you know, like King Kai said, hey, you know what? The last time you came to my planet and you brought Cell here, we all died and now we have Halos and it's like, with all the fucking times you assholes have collected the Dragon Balls, not once did you have the courtesy or thought to bring us fucking back to life. And I was like, you know, King Kai's got a fucking point, you know? Like, I mean, he invites him to his house, he lets him train there, does all this nice fucking shit for him, and, like, he, he doesn't even have the thought to, like, you know, like, that's the kind of person Goku is, I suppose. He's kind of, like, absent-minded, head in the clouds, kind of like fucking Bills, you know? It's like, you know, in, in, in the way, you know, like uh, kind of, it's all about him. So, you know, like there's, there's that aspect to it too, where you're like, you know, like King Kai kind of has a point with that, you know? Like, I liked that moment. It's like one of those odd things that you think they wouldn't have, they wouldn't address, but they do like certainly in the cell saga where, where uh, Gohan hasn't gone like super Saiyan two yet. And he's just getting, beaten up by Cell, and Piccolo kind of calls Goku out on being a lousy father, like, it's like, you know, he's not gonna, he's not like you, he's not gonna, he's not gonna just, like, find the will inside him by himself, you know, you're letting him get beat up there. Well, I mean, like, especially, like, with King Kai, you know, I, I don't know about this exchange, like I said, I haven't seen it, but it's kind of refreshing to hear that, because you gotta think about it, I think the bulk of, uh, um, DBZ abridged their version of Goku, who's like the, ah, whatever, okay, I'm hungry. <laughs> I think that comes from a lot of the King Kai Goku episodes where, like, King Kai's trying to tell him something important, and he's like, oh, whatever, King Kai, and, like, that's actually in the show, you know? It's like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Goku! You know? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, I'm sure at some point, uh, you know, King Kai's like, will you fucking listen to me, you piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the other thing I don't know if this is this is worth bringing up or not. This is a this is a nitpicky like you know nerd thing or whatever. But I need to bring it up because I think it's an important part of the landscape we see in the Dragon Ball universe. So I just want to bitch and moan about it. Bills is talking to Whis about uh, Wills or whatever about like you know you know when they're trying to remember like oh Super Saiyan Gato and all this other stuff. And they said, oh, you know, there are Super Saiyans, 
And and he's like, oh really? There are these things called okay, okay. And 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 so he's like, I thought all the Saiyans were dead. You know, I thought Frieza killed them all. And he's like, yeah, well Frieza blew up the planet, but there's you know there's a few that survived, and some of them, you know, most of them are residing on this planet called Earth. And then Bills kind of goes, Earth? I kind of I kind of remember that planet. Like, didn't I like you know? annihilate all those dinosaur things on that planet a long time ago? Like, didn't I make them go extinct? And it's just this kind of throwaway line, and it's supposed to establish, like, what a badass he is, I guess, that, you know, it's like, oh, he was the the asteroid that, that drove the dinosaurs into extinction. But, of course, all I can think of is, motherfucker, like, Goten and Trunks were hunting down and eating dinosaur last week! So like, yeah. what are you guys talking about? Like, in, dinosaurs I mean, are not extinct in the Dragon. Yeah, Ball in the Dragon Ball universe, they're not extinct. So I, I don't, I, know, I, I, I don't know if that's a subtitle thing. Doesn't does like fucking Gohan have a pet Tyrannus, uh, not a pet pterodactyl at one point? Uh, I I don't know what that He's is. A dragon. It's a dragon. He's a dragon. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think oh, that's a dragon. Okay. I don't think that's but, a dinosaur. But still, there are there are but, dinosaurs. There are but yeah, there are there are. I mean, mostly they're you know fucking food but you know i mean they're they're there like you know they're around like uh, in in a lot of episodes of dragon ball so i mean i don't know like i for me that just stood out to me so i just wanted to yell about that because you know it's like you you go outside in the dragon ball universe and you're you know likely to bump into a fucking dinosaur and eat their tail or some shit you know and and then you know pills is talking about he drove the dinosaurs to extinction so i'm like well wait a minute like that's not right so I was just going to say, that would be like an episode where Goku's like, there's no such thing as talking dogs. Yes, exactly. Except the one who's king of the world. <laughs> Except for Mayor. Mayor talking dog. Yeah. But I was just going to say, there's actually an, a line in the Ocean Group dub where Krillin's like, like, sort of like, why did Vegeta almost let us go the way of the dinosaur? I was kind of like, wait, but dinosaurs aren't extinct in your world, but whatever. <laughs> it's like, but space I, dinosaurs! I think, at least, well, at least here it seems like it was played, like, legitimately for a joke, so. Yeah, maybe maybe he just thought he killed all the dinosaurs. Yeah, maybe, yeah, okay. Well, that, or my only explanation is that sometime before the uh, first wish on the show for panties, Someone collected the Dragon Balls and wished for the dinosaurs to come back. <laughs> ah, see, there, there's an excellent no prize. I like that no prize. That's awesome. Good job. Yes, that's I, a good explanation. I, 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 I was going to go with another no prize. I was going to be like, hey, there is Capsule Corporation. They're, like, really scientifically advanced. Maybe they're like, fuck it, let's do Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, they haven't even explained why there are so many humanoid animals walking around, you know. So it's just yeah. one of those weird. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, like talking dog. Yeah, <laughs> President Dog. Even in Dragon Ball, there's uh, I already, already forgot his name, but the guy who wishes for panties. Um, Oolong. Yeah, Oolong. And then there's uh, the 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 ninja dog who's the bad guy. Uh, so. Oh yeah, that's uh, like, shoe shoe shoe. Yeah. Speaking of those yeah, guys, so. those guys show up in episode four. And, yeah. of course, that probably isn't any big surprise to anybody who hasn't seen the episode because those guys show up, of course, in Battle of the Gods. But I, I don't know if they're going to get to this because they haven't gotten to it yet. But they don't really seem to explain why they're so young. 
yet. Like, I, I know in the movie they explain how the wish with the Dragon Balls went wrong, and that's what turned them all into little kids. But when we are first introduced to them in this, it's like they're searching for treasure on an island somewhere, and they're just, they're already little kids. So I'm kind of like, are they ever going to explain that, or are they just going to pretend like you should know what happened? Or, I, I don't know, but... Mm. I don't know, what was your take on that, Mike? I actually didn't notice that they didn't explain it, but now that you raised that point, it is a good point. Yeah, it's just like they just kind of like take it at face. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to like slam the hammer down just yet. I mean, there, I'm sure there's tons more episodes. I'm sure they can have an episode where, you know, they explain in excruciating detail with a long-winded like fucking 20-minute flashback about how they, you know, and it makes a whole episode or whatever. You know, the way they stretch this fucking shit out, like, because it's like, you, you know what this feels like to me? You know how, like, when comic people, like, get pissed off because they write shit for the trade and, like, they just fucking pad out the story so that it fits into six issues? And a lot of times jaded older comic readers like myself will be like, you know, oh, they could have told that in, like, two issues. Or they could have told that in one issue, but they stretched it out to six because it was written for the trade paperback format. Like, this feels like that but applied to like anime where it's like oh this was a 90 minute movie or a 70 minute movie or whatever long it was right and now they've just stretched out like the first five minutes of it to four episodes like that i mean literally that's what it feels like to me like but i don't know i don't know if i'm am i exaggerating am i overstating it or like what did you guys like what's your response to that no, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I do kind of agree with that. But even though I saw Beerus uh, at the beginning, uh, I didn't really clue in to the connection with the movie until episode three. That's fair, because, I mean, uh, that the, the first two episodes are, are more of a bridge from the the Boo saga to, to the, I guess, the beer stuff, you know? It's like, you don't... Because episode three and four, that's where you get to the whole, like, oh, they're having a birthday party, and they're, you know, and, and Beers has woken up and is dreaming and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, yeah. What, what did you guys think of, like, the way they used older footage? Like, I, I, I thought that kind of stood out like a sore thumb to me. Yeah, like, it did. Okay. Yeah, it looked really, like, a aged, I guess. Because it's like, it's like I, I mean, I, I want to say this is a positive, but the actual animation, like, it's really bright, it's really colorful, it looks spectacular if you're watching it on an HD high-def television. I mean, it's great. But then when they cut back to that original footage, then all of a sudden it's like, and, I, and it's not like, I don't want to be disparaging of the original show either. I don't have any problems with the original show. But within that context... It's like it's very jarring when they go back to a flashback and don't even bother to reanimate it. You know, like it just it just stands out like a sore thumb where it's like, oh, we couldn't be fucking asked to like even try to, you know, recreate this. You know, like it's just like, whoop, here's here's some old shit and we stretched it to fit an HD television. Like, fuck you very much. Like, that's it. You know, so I don't know. Well, I, I mean, guess it's just I, I, budgetary okay. concerns. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is anime. Well, I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, one of the hopes is, like, you, you've stated in this, Derek, 
one of the, one of the most interesting things that you you've talked about is there's going to be more gods, not just you know uh, uh, beers, beers, and that could be interesting. I would like to see that. You know, I want to see like something I haven't seen before. That would be good. So you know, yeah, I, I like I said, I made a Phantom Menace reference earlier, and I'm not trying to make that sound like this is as bad as that. It's it's not. It's not. I'm sure. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like it's like what you've also said though. When you know the outcome of the story it does take something away from it. It's like, you know, like you said, you know, hearing what you're talking about, it's like, I, I know they fight. I know what's going to happen. You know, this is not like, it doesn't seem like required viewing for me. I might check it out just because I do like some of the you know, small moments you, you've uh, mentioned, and that could be interesting. But at the same time, it's like, I, I guess the best way to put it is <clears throat> one of the uh, constant gripes of uh, a lot of fanboys, including, including the fan holes, is why do we have to have a Spider-Man origin story every time they reboot the franchise? We know the Spider-Man origin. And this is kind of like that. It's like, we know, like, what happens with Beerus. You know, we know that he fights Go, uh, Goku, and we know how that battle ends. So we're getting an origin story that seems redundant, because do we really care where he came from? When, we, when we've seen Battle of the Gods and, like, we get some of his backstory in that, and we, like, you know, do we need the padding? I guess that would be the best way to explain it. Is this, like, is this, like, unfortunately, the first episodes of filler for a movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did get the vibe of, I mean, I, I don't want to quantify it. I mean, technically, filler is something that is not part of a manga. And as far as I know, like, is there a manga that actually corresponds to this? So, I mean, I don't think so. So, I mean, strictly speaking, like, it, it's not really, none of it is really filler, unless unless you want to apply the GT approach and just be like, the whole thing is filler, you know? But but I, I understand what Tony's <laughs> saying. Like, there are moments, there are episodes where you're like, okay, well, you know, I don't know. I, I think episode three felt a lot like filler, where it's like, okay, you got a couple one-offs, you know, catching you up with all the the families and the casts of characters and everything. And yes, it didn't have a lot to do with the overall story arc, but it reintroduced you to everybody. And those first two episodes, you know, did a pretty decent job of doing that and making it kind of humorous and light and funny. And like Jan was saying, setting up that you're, you're coming from a, a peacetime state and then moving into the actual story arc. But then the third episode was kind of like, I think it felt like filler only because of the idea that you you'd seen the setup already in a few minutes of the movie and what took the movie a few minutes to tell in a rather average and probably in my opinion like banal way was stretched out to a 25 minute episode you know and you're just kind of like oh jesus like you know okay i get it like he he doesn't know who fucking goku is he's a fucking asshole he blows up planets like, you know, he, he he he's man. He's treating his fish, you know, poorly, you know, like, like <laughs> all right. All right. I get it. You know, like like he's he's not like the, the, the nicest guy. Like, I got it. You know, like so. And, and let me let me let me make one point really clear to the uh, listeners. Um, the only reason I didn't watch these episodes was not because of a lack of interest. I just didn't know if I was going to be on this show because of uh, scheduling and how we do the show. Sometimes we don't know who's going to be here or not. So just to let you guys know, I didn't watch this, not because I was like, yeah, fuck that. I don't want to watch it. 
it was because I didn't know what to prepare for, and that was my own fault. So just to let listeners know, there was no lack of interest in this series. I probably will watch the first four episodes, like you know, or whatever episode they're up to now. I'm I'm curious, like for for Mike and Jan, like do you do you think you plan on continuing to watch this through? Like, do you? I I, I think my <laughs> initial reaction is I'm kind of like, well, wake me up when there's a new character or something I haven't seen yet. But but what's your What's your take? Like, do you do you think you're going to keep watching these, or? Oh yeah, I'm always up for more Dragon Ball, so I'll be checking out the episodes as they come. Just uh, yeah, yeah, depends on where my attention span is at. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big enough fan that I'll watch it like no matter what. So this this is a weird thing to I I don't know if we're going to end it on this or whatever, but I I I did want to mention like. What did you guys, I don't know how to describe it other than, like, it feels like some of the scenes in the characters, and I noticed it a lot with Wils and Lord Bills, like, in that new high-def animation and everything, it seems like, and I think it extends to all the characters, really, but it seems like they have a really thick line on them. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Like, like kind of like how when you'd watch, like, I guess, the original Dragon Ball Z animation, but then you'd go and, and, like, play a video game with them in it, and it was, like, very, like, it recreated the look of the anime, but it had this very, very thick line on it. So it's like, I'd be looking at, like, Wilson's ears and just being like, man, that's a, that's a really, you know, it's it's not like a Sharpie, like, point one. it's like a Sharpie, like, you know, 0. 0.6 or so. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, that's a really, really thick line on those ears, bro. Or like, I was looking at like Bills's like, you know, his little, you know, rabbit face or whatever, and I'm like, man, that's a really like thick curved line on his little rabbit face there. You know, and I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, it feels like, you know, because maybe you know, it's like that. It's like that cell two-dimensional type recreation of animation on a computer or something? I don't know. Like, did, did do you guys kind of know what I'm talking about? Or Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. I don't know. It was just interesting. I mean, I, I don't I don't think of anything... I don't think of it as negative, or, or I'm not, like, praising it like it's the greatest thing ever. It's just something that I noticed, or I was like, it just kind of stood out to me, like, where, where it sort of makes it distinct from the, the previous series and stuff. I guess I was I was kind of like, is that a stylistic choice or is it a technical issue? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see it as either way. You know what I mean? Like, or or, or maybe a combination of of both. All right. Well, uh, I I don't know. Is there any? Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts, or should we should we take a break and then move on to the the next segment of of our Dragon Ball type show? Um, I have one question just for all three of you guys. Since I have seen all the guys in the movie as, as you guys have, and you guys have seen this uh, series, I, like I said, I'll probably watch it just because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a glutton for content. I like watching stuff. But if somebody was like a huge Dragon Ball fan, would you like recommend watching these first few episodes until we get to the point where Bills fights Gohan and everything? Or... Would you just be like, watch Battle of the Gods and jump in the show after that? Yeah, it could go either way. I guess 
depends on how hardcore you are on the show. Yeah, I, th- I, I would yeah. imagine hardcore people would be like excited to just have a new series. So I mean, yeah. in that basis, I would say, yeah. I mean, you might as well give it a shot. I mean, obviously, like we're always <clears throat> saying, we're being sort of nitpicky and and kind of going into the you know being hypercritical about every little thing. But I mean, I don't know if you, if you're a casual fan, I I might you know I don't know. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards I'm gonna I'm gonna like kind of maybe ask you guys, you know, maybe be like, Mike, when's <laughs> something new going to show up? And maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tune back in then or, or, or maybe just catch up when that happens. Cause it's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can stand. I, I don't think I would have much enjoyment doing this week by week type viewing. It's like, I think, I think a lot of people that did get into Dragon Ball, even when they were into it at its, you know, quote unquote, peak of popularity, you know, a lot of it involved binge watching, you know, a lot of it involved marathons on Cartoon Network or getting DVDs or getting those stupid fucking VHS, you know, crinkly <laughs> asswipe fan sub tapes, you know, and just watching three to five episodes on a on a VHS tape, you know, where you're like, oh, I'm going to binge watch this, you know, I'm going to watch episode, you know, even this, like, I mean, I watched the first episode, and then I think I watched, like, two and three in the same night, and then I watched four this morning before we were going to do the show. So it's like, I mean, I I, I did tend to want to watch them, you know, in mass. So, I, you know, I may let a couple of these get fan-subbed and then maybe watch them all in a, you know, single stretch. But I can't see watching it week to week like that. Yeah, I mean, as a big fan like I, I think I liked the the character moments and the expansions from like Battle of the Gods but otherwise like the story itself I'm kind of like okay I know exactly where this is going I think I liked I, I liked the little moments like Videl and Gohan giving Piccolo their wedding photo like that those are the moments that like made me laugh and like made me smile I, I guess I would just say like you know if you're if like, my point of view is, is hardcore fans probably will like this. Um, I am not a hardcore DBZ fan. I Like I said, though, I am a content whore. I, when I watch something, I you can ask Derek, one week I'd seen three episodes of Common Rider Drive, and, like, two weeks later, he was, I was like, I've surpassed you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do tend to binge watch, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of what basically I do. what he's um, saying. Next week, Tony will have seen like you know 15 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, and I'm like, but they're not even fansub yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I do. Um, but it, but you know, I, I, I think it, it sounds interesting enough that I want to watch it, and that's that's a good thing because. I don't have to. I we're doing the show now. I don't have to watch this. There's no reason that I should watch this unless I'm interested. So. I guess that does speak something for it, you know, and yeah, I am being nitpicky, you know, I was saying like the Phantom Menace thing, aha, you know, and like, is it filler and stuff, but I do like the moments and like, hey, I, I'm a, like, if nothing else, I'm a big Vegeta fanboy, so I will probably watch episode two at least and be like, I want to see some like, you know, bad man Vegeta, so. <laughs> bad man goes to Disneyland, yeah. All right, well. I think this will wrap up our discussion on the first four episodes of Dragon Ball Super. If you like, of course, you can probably check it out somewhere on the interwebs. So 
go ahead and give that a watch if you're so intrigued. Otherwise, we're going to take a short break. We're going to play some some clips, commercials from another awesome show, and then we'll come back and we're going to actually be talking about some manga when we return from the break. And the manga is Jacko, the Galactic Patrolman. So stay tuned. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am back. You need to take the trash out. Hey, I'm trying to make a trailer for a podcast. Oh, you mean Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast? Why, yes, that is what I mean. The show where you and I discuss all things geeky. Comics, TV, movies, books, you name it. Well, are you going to tell them that you can find the show at www.supermatescomic.blogspot.com? Well, I think you kind of already did. And that new shows will be posted bi-weekly every two weeks? I was, but you just kind of did that, too. Well, see, now you can go take out the trash. Great. So join us, Cindy. And Chris. Franklin. For the Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast at supermatescomic.blogspot.com. Hey guys, welcome back. So we are now back from the break, and as promised, we're going to be talking about Jacko, the Galactic Patrol Man. And this was actually a comedy manga that, for me, I mean, it's relatively new. It came out in 2013. And it's from the original creator of Dragon Ball, Akira Toriyama. And it has some some loose tie-in to Dragon Ball. So there's that aspect to keep you Dragon Ball fans interested in everything. I am a chosen super elite. Veggie God or not, you can't defeat me. It's actually been released uh, as a, like a collected edition and everything. It has all the various chapters. And then included in that... At the tail end is actually a very Dragon Ball heavy chapter that's entitled Dragon Ball Minus, which we'll talk about in detail as well. But basically, Jacko is, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, accidental, like, bump in the night, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern type thing, you know, with this guy. I mean, he's a, he's a galactic patrol man. He obviously thinks a lot more of himself than the rest of the universe does, and he ends up, through carelessness of his own, he ends up crashing on Earth, you know, in the Dragon Ball universe, and uh, luckily for him, I guess, he, he crash lands on this island where he meets this old man who was a scientist and everything and was working on a time machine, and it just so happens that the old man is the only one who lives on the entire because after a big accident with all their scientific research, uh, his wife passed away, and then the rest of the people on the island left. But despite that kind of, uh, I guess, tragic backstory, I mean, the majority of this piece is just filled to the brim with all kinds of, like, wacky comedy, fun, and goodness. Eventually, they run into Tights, who is... Da, 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 da. If you hadn't figured it out, it's Bulma's, you know, older sister. Um, so they run into tights, and all this kind of wacky hijinks ensues with rocket launching and fighting crime in the middle of the city, and you know, mis, uh, I guess, uh, you know, misdrawn like police sketches of Jacko and all kinds of like funny ass stuff, but. 
Basically, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, I think we were talking about this before we started recording. I mean, I, I guess, depending on your perspective, this could either be really long, because it's a 200-something page manga, or I guess, you know, relatively, you know, compared to other other manga you may have read, it's actually fairly short and, you know, quick-paced. So I guess it, I guess it just depends on your your perspective. Um, but, you know, for, from my perspective, and I think Mike said this as well, like, we thought this was a pretty quick read. Um, I, I found it pretty entertaining. I thought it was very funny. I mean, like, there's, 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 you know, moments where Jacko basically is, you know, he, he often refers to himself as the super elite. You know, he's the super elite of the Galactic Patrolmen, and he's all about looking cool. Um, you know, if you're familiar with any of the Ginyu Force, you know, he's all about striking that pose and making that cool great Saiyaman look pose and, and doing all kinds of cool stuff. Now, even though he's considered kind of a, a fuck-up in terms of the grander scheme of things, you know, at a high level of the universe, you know, the, the, the king of the universe that sent him off on this mission, and the mission basically was that they noticed that a rocket ship had launched from planet Vegeta. And this was right after Frieza had destroyed planet Vegeta. And so this rocket ship is headed towards Earth. And they're like, oh, Jacko, you better make sure that nothing crazy happens with that rocket ship. You know, a Saiyan could be in there and it could annihilate, like, the whole the whole planet. So please go down to Earth and check it out. And, of course, Jacko goes down there, but he's too busy watching, like, a VHS tape shitty ass wipe fan subs or something and he he crashes and and ends up you know like i said crashing into the island and everything and so basically his mission is kind of you know put into a hold status because it's like okay well he's stuck on that island and so his new mission basically becomes well how do i repair my ship and how do i get off this island so it kind of it kind of has that aspect of like it's like it's it's part Ultraman, part ET, part you know, kind of last Starfighter ish. Like you know, it's got all these like kind of science fictiony tropes that are thrown into it, but but they're all sort of played for laughs. You know, it's like he he runs around with the old man in the city, and you know he's doing the whole Ben Grimm thing where he puts on a trench coat and uh, a hat, and and you know he he's trying to be low key and and discreet and everything. And, you know, of course, some guy bumps into him and starts talking shit to him. And he's kind of like, he's like, you, you know, I've tried to be nice to you, but you have insulted me, you know, and on top of that, you know, you will not apologize. So he's like, you know, basically, it's like, you are lucky I do not kill you right here, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, like a lot of that kind of stuff cracked me up because like basically at a certain point, he basically disregards the trench coat and the fedora and everything. And that's when he runs into tights and saves her from like a bunch of these kind of weird sort of feudal dressed looking like mugger types, you know, that, you know, have kind of like samurai looking clothes and swords and things like that, like kind of feudal looking clothes and everything. But like, like one of my favorite lines of course was, you know, it's like he, he punches the guy in the face a couple times or whatever. And, and then I, I like what it's like, and then next time I kill you, you got that. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play it when he finally like shows up in the, the, the anime or whatever, but like I just I just view him as like kind of being this kind of outrageous paradigm, Jacko the Galactic Patrol Man and kind of, you know, 
talking crazy stuff, even though he's not, you know, like I said, in the, in the grander sense of the universe, he's obviously like the ass end. Like he's not, he's not the greatest galactic patrol man ever, even though he's kind of like, I am the super elite. I'm the greatest ever. But what's interesting is in the context of the earth, he still is a super powered, incredibly fast, you know, in, in the context of your everyday person, he's, a god you know like he's he's pretty much like you know just any you're you know everyday superhero type guy that can do a whole bunch of cool stuff he's got super hearing he's got you know increased vision he's got super strength he he's incredibly fast like there's this funny part where these government agents come to the island and they're gonna arrest jacko because you know in in one of the encounters where he saves tights um, he also, in, in addition to, you know, doing some Kirk chops on all the, the, the mugger types, the bad guys, he also doesn't realize that these guys pulling up in the police outfits and police cars are the local law enforcement. He just thinks they're more of the same because, you know, he can't really tell the humans apart, so he, he Kirk chops them as well. So then he becomes a, a wanted individual, you know, uh, you know in, in that city and everything. And so then there are all these funny scenes where there are, sketches on the news and and he's kind of like that sketch that, that doesn't even look anything like me you know and it's like this <laughs> funny sketch of like you know his nose is much more human and pronounced and you know he's kind of like i look cool that sketch doesn't look cool i am super elite you know so it's like it, it's kind of got that funny tone to it where obviously he he loves himself very much and and like there there's just i don't know i i, I think that's funny like there's that that I, I can appreciate that kind of, um, you know, attitude he has. And I guess getting back to my, my original point was when all those government guys come up on the island, you know, it, it's like they're coming to arrest him. And basically he he's so fast, you know, he, he takes them all out and, and, you know, Kirk chops them all very quickly and everything. And there's this funny moment where like a few panels later, the, the, the main government guy is like, he beat us all in one panel. And, like, if you flip back to that panel, it's, like, he really did literally, like, beat them all in one panel. Because there's that panel where it's, like, he's moving at super speed. And you can see all the chops happening, like, around to all the different. And they're supposed to be, like, these badass kind of, you know, you know, obviously Japanese looking. But they're they're supposed to be the equivalent of, like, the Marines, the colonial Marines and aliens or something. You know, they all, you know, you know come up to this island in a boat with, like, their, their machine guns and their samurai swords and all that kind of stuff and he just kind of takes them all out in one panel and the guy's like one panel so that's that i mean that's pretty much the 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 long and short of of jacko the galactic patrol man i mean a lot of the ties to dragon ball are as mentioned you know they they meet basically this character tights who is obviously i guess she's a big old giant retcon you know like we've never known that that Bulma had an older sister. Um, it's pretty easily explained though, because I guess she ends up continuing to live on the Island with the old man, you know, and they kind of explain it because there, there's a, there's a tag at the end of the series where, you know, once Jacko basically saves the city from a big giant, uh, falling rocket ship or whatever, they show that, you know, not only is tights living on the Island, but then they also show Bulma in the era of Dragon Ball, like right before she's about to meet young Goku and 
she's dressed in that same kind of outfit that she was wearing when she was originally going to look for the Dragon Balls. So, like, you sort of find out retroactively that one of the stops that Bulma made on her, you know, tour to originally, you know, on her grand tour, grand tour, you know, to catch all the Dragon Balls or whatever, she originally stopped off at the island to discuss it with uh, with tights and, and, and the old man and, and the, the now government agent who's actually living on the island, too, so. So what about you guys? I mean, what did you what did you guys think of uh, Jacko? Like, were you were you as enamored with it as I was? Did you find it humorous and funny? Were you were you not as enthused with it? Like, l- let me know what what your thoughts are. Well, I wasn't into it as much, but yeah, it was entertaining for what it was, and uh, I, I like the character. He's kind of a doofus, and he's full of himself, but it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was very funny. I like like the the ties to Dragon Ball. I enjoyed. Although I guess we we'll have to talk about like the bonus chapter or whatever. Like where all of a sudden it's like they took a note from like the mistranslation of like the ocean dub where they like you know Goku Goku's dad was Jor-El or something. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, do you guys do you guys want to get into like because the the Dragon Ball minus like I, I mean I always thought the mistranslation for for uh, Bardock was you know yeah it did make him the Ocean Group did make him sound like Jarrell like he was some great scientist who created the light source that lets them go Uzaru you know that mimics the moonlight and everything. Your father was an average fighter, Kakarot, but he was a brilliant scientist! Who else but him would have thought of creating an energy source that perfectly simulated full moonlight? <laughs> now your own father's invention will be your undoing, Kakarot! You know, by the time you get to Bardock, you know, you see that he's just another kind of low-level grunt soldier type guy i mean in the interpretation here in minus i mean he still seems like that same character but there's that slight concern for goku you know that that maybe i don't know was ever in the any of the animes or side stories you know it seems like it was kind of like oh yeah i had a kid with some woman whatever you know, like, I, 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 at least that's kind of the vibe I got out of the legend yeah. of Bardock. But in this, it's a little more, you know, not not as pronounced. I mean, he, you know, he's just kind of like, oh, maybe I picked this up from you, woman, but let's get this kid into a rocket ship and launch him off to Earth to keep him safe. Because I got this funny feeling about Frieza, like something doesn't smell right. I bet something bad's going to happen. So let's let's blast him off or whatever. You know, that that was kind of the vibe I got. I just, it, I just thought it was odd. Because I don't know, like the the Bardock special technically isn't something Toriyama wrote, but it, like he he saw it, and he loved it, and he like said it was canon basically. So I don't know, to, for him to sort of retcon elements of it seems weird to me. Mm, yeah, I I mean I guess we should talk. This is the first time we've ever seen. I guess I'm gonna say her name is Gaini, uh, who is Goku's mother. Like I don't recall ever seeing Goku's mother before to this point in the in the canon. Not that but, I recall though. No. Yeah, so there's that. I mean, she seems. I don't know. Maybe Raditz got all that sappy, goofy stuff from her. I don't know. But you know, like that. That's that's kind of how they present her. That she's a little more of a doting mom than a, a Saiyan warrior, you know, type thing. And that that some of that had rubbed off on Bardock. 
which they they spell as like burdock, don't they? In the in the manga, which I th- yeah, I, I think that's like a the a alternate translation. It's kind of like Herlock and Harlock and all that kind of confusing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm gonna keep calling him Bardock because you know, fuck you, alternate translation. But you know, that's it's <laughs> spelled a little differently. In we the- still feel I want to read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna bring up one thing, uh, Derek, because I. I didn't read this also, because I am totally on top of everything this week. And um, one thing I did notice, though, because <laughs> one thing I did notice, though, from the images uh, from, like, uh, uh, Return of F, which we will probably do at some point, I'm sure, and your your avatar, uh, one of the, and you mentioned Ultraman. Do you think one of the reasons you might like him is because he kind of looks Ultraman-y? They they mentioned that in the in in the the Dragon Ball Wikia. I don't think I noticed it right away because I guess I don't think of Ultraman really as having a nose or a mouth. But I guess if you like sort of took an eraser or took some white out to like his nose and like didn't make his mouth so pronounced. I, I mean I could definitely see it in the eyes and the way the his helmet, you know, the way it sort of protrudes down into a point. I mean, I could kind of see that, you know? I mean, I yeah, I, I, I kind of see it but with Ultraman, but but also, I mean, I think even some of the outfits look a little Sentai-ish. That's kind of why I brought up the comparison to, like, the Ginyu Force, too, because, I mean, it, I guess if, if Jacko is a Galactic Patrolman and the Galactic Patrolmen are, like, the sort of Ultraman or the Green Lanterns, like the good space cops of the universe... I would imagine their counterparts are all of Frieza's goofy ass troops. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they're they're kind of played in both yeah. the same frame of light. You know, it's like, but he's he's sort of the good version of it. I mean, it, it's interesting that, that this is something I wanted to bring up when Mike was talking about how Lord Bills's genocide is played for laughs. Like, I th- there's a there's a subplot where basically. Jacko has this capsule, and if he presses the capsule, all human life on the planet would be wiped out. Now, me saying that, it sounds pretty serious, but in the actual manga, it's it's kind of played for laughs. Like, it's it's almost like, well, wait, don't do that. Like, don't blow up everybody, even though, like, I'm a grumpy old man, and, and I've just said, like, the human race is full of a bunch of scumbags, because they're actually good people. So, so you know, don't get itchy with that trigger finger there so far, man. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, and, and besides, you need me to help me fix your spaceship. Because if you press that trigger, like, I'll also disintegrate as well. He's like, well, I hadn't thought of that, but okay. You know, like, so it's like... And, and there's, <laughs> there's like a Lilu moment, like in the fifth element, where she watches all the atrocities of mankind, like, oh, uh, why? You killed everyone. <laughs> Well, not, not, I mean, it's not quite as like, you know, there, there's not a tear coming from anybody's eyes or anything, but, but it, I mean, it's that, it's that moment of, he's a little more flippant about like that because they're, 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 it's, it's an ongoing joke. It's an ongoing gag. Like there's, there's references to it later where it made me laugh out loud where they're like, oh, hey, you know, like, so did you ever have to use that anywhere? And he's kind of like, yeah, it went off by accident one time, but you know. And it's, and it's like, like my boss was really mad at me. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, so it's like there, there's moments like that where you know it's like, 
it's like, and, and you're kind of like, oh, I guess you should be like shocked and appalled. But instead, I was just kind of laughing at it because I thought it was funny. You know, like, this is like, I don't know. I just, I, it, it, there's something about the way they, they kind of told that, you know, that, that cracked me up, you know. So, I mean, I, I think if the goal is for it to be like a, a comedy manga and, and kind of show you like, oh, these are like the, the, the wacky, you know, behind the scenes stuff that, that happened. You know, it's like, if it wasn't for this fucking moron, like, Goku would have never gotten to Earth, you know, like, kind of thing. So it's like, I don't know, I, I from that perspective, I kind of, I, I just find the whole thing kind of amusing, so. Well, I, I think it's uh, interesting to point out that, like, <clears throat> well, Dragon Ball definitely has a lot of serious moments and a lot of, like, you know, if we don't save the world, you know, like, everything's going to get destroyed, you know, this guy can destroy worlds with a, a, a glance. Like, Toriyama is actually a very funny writer. He's done uh, manga, and it was, I think, made into an anime. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, like, Dr. Slump. Uh, there is uh, Sandland and stuff. He's a really funny guy, actually, as far as writing goes. So that doesn't surprise me that, like, this is, this kind of tickles your funny bone. So Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I enjoyed it, and it's it's a pretty funny book. I would, I mean, I, I would say of the two things we discussed tonight, I mean, for me, like Jacko the Galactic Patrol Man's a big winner. I mean, I didn't know diddly about him up until recently. You know, I think I think the first time I saw him was I think they had the promotional stuff for the new like uh, Battle of the Gods type figure arts, and I think Jacko was one of them. And I think you know the thing was like, who the hell's that? And I guess Martz, you know, was there on on the Batak boards. You know, and he was kind of like, oh, hey, it's it's this guy from this manga or whatever. And I go, really? I go, I've never heard of him. So, you know, and, and that's what kind of led me to seek out the manga and, and read it for myself. And and I'm glad I did. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I know I know Jan was saying for him it was kind of long to get through or whatever. But I, I thought this was kind of, for me, it was kind of like, like a short little fun distraction. And it, it read pretty quickly, I think. So, I mean, I, I guess to everybody, to each of their own. But I mean, I would, I would recommend, you know, checking this out if you're, if you're a fan. You know, I mean, I, if you're into like Dragon Ball for all the like action and, you know, I don't know battles and things like that. There's not a whole lot of that. But if if you like the kind of original Dragon Ball and, and kind of the wacky fun type stuff, I mean, you know, or or even if you just kind of want to see like. The, the the minus chapter I would I would check it out. I was gonna mention it in my awesome things, but I saw like Resurrection of F and Jacko was definitely a highlight of that movie. Or jo- jo- I think they pronounce it Jocko. Oh Jocko. Uh, okay. like, he goes he goes to see uh, Doctor Briefs and Doctor Briefs is like you know hey Paco like, how you doing and, and Jocko's like I, it's Jocko. Doctor Briefs is like. Uh, Whatever you say, Taco. Like that—that that was like a huge like laugh moment. Taco. So yeah, okay. Well, so I enjoyed the manga, but I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. It's like uh, when I used to call Yon Jan all the time. So it's, like, it's fine. Well, it's, it's like when I called thing. Magneto Magneto. It's okay. Yeah. I'll just I'll just have to call him Jocko for now. I I bet you her name's not Gyne then. Like I bet you I'm wrong and it's something else, but. But yeah, I, like I, a Mia or yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce G I N E, but I'm 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 going since they put a hyphen between the I and the N, I'm going with Gyne, but I, I don't know. It might be Genie. Genie, Genie, Shiny. Yeah. 
vagina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Goku came out of hers. Okay. Drain the bag, yeah. And then Bardock, like, threw a shit fit. <laughs> it's an origin name and an origin story. <laughs> so you were saying that you, you saw Resurrection of F and you enjoyed enjoyed Jocko in it. Like what what's his what's it was it dubbed or subbed when you saw it? It was dubbed. How was his dub voice? Was it was it funny? Pretty much what you'd expect. Okay. Okay. Yes. You know, he's kinda odd sounding. Okay. Like nasally and weird, but he he had the same character traits basically. He would get upset when, you know, people mispronounced his name or didn't think he was cool. Underrate him, yeah, basically. Consistency. <laughs> any any last thoughts on uh, Jocko, the Galactic Patrolman? I'm just curious if uh, for Dragon Ball Super they will uh, go back to the island and actually introduce uh, tights. Yeah, and, that'd be, and, that'd... and the old man, and you know, he you know what he he actually does mention tights in Resurrection of F. So okay. Hmm. Okay. He goes and sees Bulma, and he was like, "I, because I, I was kind of like, what? Who's tights?" And it was like, he was like, "I was talking to your older sister, Bulma." And like Bulma like recognizes him as like an old friend. So yeah, the the bit with Bulma, like, because they they have Bulma as like a little girl in the manga, and she comes and she's got like a laser gun, and they think, you know, because they don't realize, like, they're told she's a prodigy and she's a genius and all this stuff and and basically she's almost like the deus ex machina that gets Jocko's ship working again because she's like oh wait you need to fix the antenna well here just do this and and they're like but what about the metal we need and she's like oh that's just a conductor you don't have to use the expensive metal like you can just use copper and everybody's like anime flop or whatever and then and then they you know of course they send him off on his way and everything's like happy you know hunky dory and and, and all that stuff, but there, there's that bit where they're like, oh, ha, 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 yes, uh, the little girl, she brought, is like, why, why did you bring that? And so she's like, I brought a laser gun with me. I didn't know if you were going to be a good alien or a bad alien. And they're like, oh, ha, ha, she brought a laser gun. How cute. And then, like, she fires it, and it's like the fucking Kamehameha thing that goes out into the fucking ocean <laughs> and blows up everything. And they're, like, sitting there going, oh, you know, like, I thought that was a funny bit. So. Yeah, I remember that. Too bad the finishing blow wasn't as cool. All right, well, I, I guess that wraps up Jocko the Galactic Patrolman and our coverage of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us pontificate and muse on both those, you know, the anime and the manga. But I guess we'll move on to our regularly scheduled segment of the week, which is what is awesome in your world this week. And that's just where we like to sit down amongst our fellow fan holes and discuss something, whether it be a book, a movie, a TV show, a toy, you know, or maybe just some moment in time that is really awesome for our week. And I will start with Mike. What was awesome in your world this week, buddy? I pretty much already mentioned it. I saw Resurrection of F this past Wednesday, and uh, you know it's a it's in theaters as a sort of limited engagement. So uh, I I wasn't sure how like crowded the theater would be. So like me and my my two friends I went with like we kind of sauntered in like ten minutes before the movie started, and uh, it it was a 
completely packed. Like it sold out. Like we were surprised, and like you know there were there were people with like Dragon Ball like you know T-shirts, and like I, we were all surprised with how basically it, it was like a you know everyone in that theater liked Dragon Ball, so and that that made for a really nice like movie experience. Like everyone was like cheering and laughing together, and you know it was just a you know very nice viewing experience. Um, the movie itself, I might have some, like, complaints about, but, like, maybe we'll discuss it down the line, so I'll save those for later. All right, sounds good. How about you, Tony, my man? You got anything awesome in your world this week? Yeah, uh, basically, it's, it's a wrestling thing. I picked up the uh, Monday Night Wars DVD set. Uh, this is actually a show that airs on the WWE Network, and it chronicles one of the most popular and uh I guess, controversial and tumultuous times in wrestling. Uh, that would be the Monday Night Wars where WCW and WWE, uh, WWF at the time, went head-to-head. Um, a lot of things were very, very uh, taboo back then as far as wrestling. Like, they would do very sexualized things. They would use very foul language and a lot of violence. Um, but it made ratings, and it was a very interesting time to be a fan. It's one of the reasons why I came back to being a wrestling fan, because it was engrossing to watch. And one of the things about this DVD set is it is actually a TV show on the network, so uh, this is the first season, more or less, and it goes through the different aspects of how uh, the Monday Night Wars progressed and how it got you know, to the point of these two companies trying to put each other out of business legitimately. Like, wrestling is fake, but these two people wanted each other to be out of business. WCW was owned by uh, Ted Turner at the time from the uh, TBS network, and WWE, uh, WWF, was owned by Vince McMahon, uh, who had a deal with USA Programming, uh, TNA also. Uh, not TNA, but uh, TN, uh, uh, the national network, TNN at the time. Um, and it got really heated, really, really heated. And it's really fascinating to see the back stage things of that, you know, like people talking about how when somebody did this, it was like very, very uh, out of the box. And when somebody did this, they were like worried that that was going to like, you know, sink the ship and everything. And really cool stuff, you know, besides the wrestling, which I I obviously enjoy. Um, One of the highlights of the DVD set is uh, WWE COO Triple H and former WCW star Sting, who was recently signed with the uh, WWE uh, in the last two years, they both uh, have a little bit of a, a discussion. Like, it only, it's only like two or three minutes, but they, they kind of do it back and forth about the episode and how big of an impact it was. And to a lot of people who don't care about wrestling, they don't give a crap about the Monday Night Wars. But if you were a fan at the time, it was a big deal. And it's really interesting to see how just mired in politics and ideas and, you know, censorship, you know, what we can do, what we can't do, like that time in wrestling was. So it's a really good set. Uh, it's uh, four discs, and it's available, uh, obviously, at retail and online. So, yeah, I would really suggest picking it up, especially if you uh, not only like wrestling, but you like seeing what happens behind the scenes. So so that that has, like, a lot of special features, like little featurettes and documentaries. Is that what you mean, like, where you're you're watching the actual season when it occurred, but then they have, like, a lot of these kind of sit-downs and explanations of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, or...? 
Well, like, the entire episodes are behind-the-scenes stuff. There's actually oh. not a lot of wrestling on it. It's actually very in-depth, detailed analysis. But at the end, the the added bonus of the DVD set is it does have, like, two people from the opposing companies have a sit-down and try to, you know, civilly discuss what happened during that time period. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not so much a wrestling set as a... A look into the history of wrestling at a time oh, okay. period when it was like so, really so it's, crazy. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. it's kind of like a documentary series, sort of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do show like wrestling tidbits and stuff. They show wrestling highlights, but a lot of it is about the characters and what was going on at the time. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's very much more like a documentary. I'm sure you have seen it on the WWE Network. So yeah, I've seen a few episodes, um, oh. and I'm actually curious which episodes are still on the network yeah, since the uh, Hogan controversy started. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, this one, this one has, uh, I believe, ten episodes. Let me make sure. It has, yeah, ten episodes. That's the first season. So I'm sure they'll do a season two. It's one of the more watched shows on the, the WWE Network. But, but uh, as far as the episodes I watched, I watched about half of the uh, the collection, and they've shown Hogan pretty prominently. So I think this was released before all that controversy. Oh, for sure. How about you, Jan? Like, you got anything awesome in your world this week? Uh, well, as you guys saw, I finished that digibash of um, Hasbro's Victorion last night. Just trying to uh, create something a little less garish than what uh, they produced with the all teal and red-orange and so forth. Uh, so far, it's getting pretty positive reaction online. Uh, there's a lot of people that are still bringing up the whole thing of, oh, well, you know, the fans chose the colors, so we shouldn't be so hard on we, we saw Well, I don't, think the fa- <laughs> I don't think the fans chose the colors to be used that way. True. Was that was that a thing where people had to vote on a set of colors? or what yeah, it mean? yeah, there were um, three or four sets of colors that you had to choose from online, and there was only, like, three colors per set. So in this case, it was... Um, teal, red, orange, and uh, gray, I think. And, um, yeah. (laughs) They decided, uh, well, instead of just adding highlights and other colors in the mix, like maybe white or something like that, we'll we'll just make the entire figure those three colors make it very bold and loud and something you're going to (laughs) hate. Yeah, on on the plus side, it's a very uniform-looking a combiner, like all the colors match, and that's 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 cool. But on the downside, all the colors that match look really horrible. <laughs> yeah, I've been streaming a little bit more on Twitch TV. We've got a uh, Rockman World Two or Mega Man Two Game Boy uh, race later tonight. Of course, this will be posted long after that, so you could probably check highlights or some such that uh, any of us put up. Yeah. I was going to say, real quick, before, uh, do you mind plugging your uh, DeviantArt and your Twitch real quick so people can uh, look at your art and your uh, Twitch stream? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, if you want to go to um, twitch.tv slash underscore, or air underscore hammer, you'll get there. And then uh, air-hammer.deviantart.com, you'll find my gallery. And I'm also promoting the Fan Holes podcast over there, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, my birthday's on Monday, and uh, for the majority of next week, I'll be streaming uh, every day. Oh, cool! Cool. So Very the cool. the is it is it all going to be like 
the Rockman type races, or do you have different things planned leading up to the the big day? Uh, well, August tenth to fourteen, and I'll mostly be playing Mega Man. Uh, I'll probably throw in a a run of Pokemon Red and uh, some other stuff. I'm not quite sure yet. Cool, cool, cool. Jan is a very good Pokemon player. He's gotten a lot of. I, I don't even know how to like uh, say like Pokemon like you know achievements, but he's a very solid Pokemon player. You guys should really check that out. I, I remember uh, that was one thing I just enjoyed reading on Bot Talk is that you know I. I, I think it was mainly like Jan and and another person who will go unnamed that posted in the uh, <laughs> Pokemon threads, but but I did often read those because I I just like you know uh, seeing like the details of what was you know what was going on because it's not it's not something I play on a regular basis or, or much of at all, but I, I did of course watch a lot of the anime and stuff, so I liked I liked seeing like the nitty gritty of of the the gaming aspect of it as well, so. I'm, I'm sure that would be cool too to to watch on uh, to watch on Twitch. All right. Well, um, yeah. Check check that out on uh, on Twitch and check out the Deviant Art for all the cool digi bashes from from Jan. Uh, for for me, I think it's it's been a while since we've done a proper show, so I may I may pull a Justin and, and list off a bunch of awesome things because it's been a while since we've talked about much. Uh, one thing that I just want to go on record, because, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, Bruce Tim hating here on the podcast, so I just wanted to go on record and saying I did watch Gods and Monsters uh, recently, and that that was a, a very good direct-to-video. It did a good job of kind of shifting uh, uh, your your obvious fanboy expectations and, and making a sort of new and interesting uh, take on uh, the big three at DC, you know, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And without going into any, you know, nitty gritty spoilers, you know, there, there were lots of twists and turns that I think if you were of a certain mindset, you know, given those characters and, and the universe they inhabit, you, you wouldn't necessarily see the way they were going. And, and I thought that made for, you know, basically it seemed like they're, they're, uh, you know, goal was to work on something where you didn't see it coming already. And I think they definitely achieved that goal and, and, and they made an interesting set of uh, alternate universe, Superman, Batman and, and Wonder Woman characters while they were at it. So that I thought was pretty awesome. Um, and then, uh, I mean, just as far as like listing and throwing in other stuff, uh, we're, we're sort of coming down from the whole San Diego Comic Con type stuff. And I'm finally getting a lot of the stuff that I ordered from there. So I have like the the Ant Man San Diego Comic Con set and the Doctor Strange Book of the Vishanti San Diego Comic Con set. So those finally came in the mail after some some hijinks and and and, and craziness with F fiving and all that kind of good stuff. So. Very cool. If, if it helps, I think Mike would agree with me that we will definitely Secret Brothers you on uh, Gods and Monsters. So yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that. Very yeah. good. Yeah, I just I you know I I'll give credit where credits due. If something's good, I'm gonna I'm gonna say speak up about it. I I enjoyed it, you know, and I think I think they definitely you know creatively and and uh, you know as far as the you know 
the 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 benchmark they set for themselves. I think they they not only reached it but exceeded it. So I, I thought it was pretty well done. So you know, I uh, I'll I'll go to bat for that. You know, I, I still think they think Superman's a big goober and they'll have him get electrocuted any chance they can get. But but uh, you know, the, <laughs> this directed video was a was a, a good a good thing. So um, they won't do it to Super Hombre. Yeah, they wouldn't do it to Super Ombre. Um, all right, so yes, me all. Yeah, say it. You gotta say it with weight, man. You gotta say it with weight. You can't you can't just <laughs> say it. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. With weight, with weight. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, that uh, that wraps up our uh, episode for tonight. If you want to send us any feedback, comments, questions, concerns, if you had a different take on Dragon Ball Super and you'd like to share it with us, or if you're reading Jocko, the Galactic Patrol Man, and you're like, why is he saying Jacko? Send us your, your angry emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We can be found on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher Radio, where you can stream the episodes. We are on iTunes. It'd be great if you leave us some feedback on the iTunes. That's always awesome. And you can find us on all kinds of social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We've got stuff on Instagram. So we appreciate all the likes and feedbacks and shares and, and good social networking that goes on in all those places. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. How is that? Super Elite! It's Mike, signing off. I didn't destroy the planet. There was something good to eat. This is Jan Air Hammer, signing off. And Dragon Ball Super and Jocko are mustache approved. Mustache. <laughs> mustache. Mustache. Uh, this is Tony and how great would it be if Beatles was voiced by Alan Rickman? <laughs> I don't know, I just threw that in there. I like making Alan Rickman voices, I'm sorry. So are we good, Mike? Do we have a... Yes, yes we oh, are. Okay, okay. I, I said know. it already. I thought you were concentrating. I was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> you were too busy listening to Tony's capering to pay attention to me. Capering? Is that like some new, like, internet slang thing, like shipping that I just don't understand? <laughs> no, that's like an old-timey term. It's an old-timey like, term? Hijinks. Oh, he's, he, oh, like he's, he's pulling a caper? Yes. And then you added ING to it? Yes. I thought you were concentrating. It's a a term, dude. Okay. 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 Stop capering, Tony. We've got to start the show. Oh, my, yes. I will stop capering immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, that's the opposite tone, someone who's capering with cape. I thought it was like Snaggletooth came on the podcast all of a sudden. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
It's like, hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, and here's Mike and Jan and Snaggletooth. It's like, oh my. It's like, heavens to Murgatroyd, Dragon Ball Super. Mimicked the moon. It made them... Somebody, like, hacking to kill somebody? (laughs) No. Well, I, hear was a zipper. I don't know, I keep hearing zippers, so I don't know if people are, like, busting out their junk or they're packing up their steaks <laughs> to go hunt vampires, but, but we, we have a phantom zipper now on the show. Glad hear the cricket's back. <laughs> the cricket, the cricket came back, he's stealing all the time and shit, putting it in a bag. <laughs> you should be able to hear the cricket, like, um, yeah. they, like, the window's closed. No, there's no cricket. Or it's kind of goofy. But there, there was a zipper though, like some kind of zipper action. <laughs> zipper action. There was zipper action, and the we'll, zipper action. We'll have Mike leave this in. This will be another clip in the outtakes. God damn it! There was zipper, zipper action. But... It's like, what would I have to go all Nero? It's like there was zipper. You know there was zipper. I saw there was zipper. <laughs>